Guys, welcome back to the one and only Minorities Report Film Podcast, the review edition. And this is your colorful perspective into the latest Netflix original film, The Five Bloods, which is dropping on Friday, June 12th on Netflix. Your favorite minorities are back, and we are here. The report is in hot, fresh off the press. My name's Raul, and with me I got Mr. Mo Shama. Hello. And our producer, Drizzy Fizzy Dre. Fizzy? I'm feeling fizzy. Maybe. I don't know. What's sure. going on, guys? How you doing? Fizzy. I think fizzy is a good word. <laughs> I like it. Like Mama, you feeling fizzy too? Yeah, it's like, I, you know, this feeling that, uh, that like, uh, I'm like a bottle of soda and like I'm steamed and like lots of carbon dioxide like just want to burst like with everything happening around you know like so it, I might be fizzy as well you know yeah it's really yeah there's a lot there's a lot going on right now and I'm really happy about the movie that we get to talk about absolutely yeah it came at the best time you know like with like if they planned it, they wouldn't have planned it better than this, you know? Like, after, like, two weeks of what's happening in the world, uh, it's great timing, you know? It's, it, yeah, it, it's great timing two weeks in a row. Because this last week, you know, with everything going on, we had the Apple TV Plus series Deer release. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Right? Yes, and the first episode was about Spike Lee. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then the week after, we're getting this. And both, you know, addressing serious things, uh, inspiring in their own way, and uh, just speaking out on, on different issues that people need to to listen on. And care about. Talk about. Care about. Yeah. Would it have been better like, to have something else other than, like, Spike Lee, like one of the front-line um People that talk about like black black lives, about history, about black history, um, that's there all the time. Um, it's great. And and somebody released a movie for free, stream to stream it for free. Oh, everywhere it was released everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, what movie? Yeah, what just mercy, Selma. Yes, just mercy. Selma, the hate you give. The three of them are available for uh, for free for streaming. That's awesome. Yeah, we watched uh, Just Mercy. Had you seen it before? I had, yeah. Yeah, I, that was my first time watching it. This is our first recording since, really, since everything, all this all this stuff started going on, you know, uh, the murder of George Floyd, and just, just across the nation, you know, an outpouring, an outcry for... for justice. It's been really... The, like... Yes, all of this is bad, but one positive thing is like getting to see my friends from all over the country go after tackle this. DC, Seattle, 
Los Angeles, Atlanta, Virginia, Florida, New York. It's so cool to have peers in all of these places doing what's right. Yeah. Actually, it's all over the world. protesting right. Like, we have firsthand stories of protesters doing things right. Yeah. 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 Aiming for justice, fairness, hopefully it will happen, which it should have happened long time ago. Yeah, the vibe I'm getting is it will happen. <laughs> There's no choice. Yes, it should. <laughs> it's not going away. There's no choice. It will happen. There's a lot of change needed. Yeah. and uh, It's going to take years for everything to change. Yeah. And again, this is the first episode, first recording we've had. So this is, it's fun. we didn't even talk about this pre-show about talking about this but like it's important you know it's important to discuss important to talk about mm-hmm. you know, important to know our stance like black lives matter and uh and we're doing everything on our side we're finding different ways um and communicating with different people and supporting different things different organizations that are actually trying yeah. to enact change yeah uh, not just save face yes um but i've been really inspired by our, our friend Logan. Yeah. He's been doing a great job of respectful debating on Facebook, which I feel like you should get an award for. <laughs> and I'm just so impressed with his knowledge and his temperament. Yeah. His temperament. <laughs> like he needs, he needs an yeah. award on his temperament and the, yeah. po- the nice and polite way of replying back. This is awesome. Yeah. Good job. Logan. So it's been, it's been, personally inspiring to me um and i'm trying to do my part as well and keep that temperament under control and that knowledge high <laughs> yeah and staying informed it's so hard there's so much going on there's, there's so, much- so much information with every <sighs> so single much. state like yeah. yeah so much misinformation so much misinformation but usually i find the misinformation a little bit easier to filter you know, no, it's BS, and, BS, yeah, it's BS. like, you know, it's like, that's not true. <laughs> I really hope everybody can because like some folks, oh, some people are not, they're not, they just like, they follow what they see on TV on some certain channels with their propaganda ways of like deceiving everything. And they don't, they don't use their marbles to analyze them perfectly. <laughs> Yeah, they're not using their marbles. But yeah, it's been really cool just like staying informed and knowing your stuff. It's been cool. It's been it's been a challenge and I like seeing my peers step up to that challenge. I love the love. Yeah. You know, and the 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 caring and the the uh, this the outcry, the outpour yeah. for Yeah. I feel like we could talk to about this for a very oh, long damn. time. I, I feel like we need to get into a Spike Lee's joint now. Yes, but before we do, guys, go ahead and give the show a follow at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And hey, subscribe to the website for any and all new content. We've got a fresh written review up there you can check out. That's emreportpod.com. And send us an email at emreportpodcast at gmail.com. Today on the report, we got Spike Lee and Netflix's first collaboration, again entitled The Five Bloods. From Academy Award winner Spike Lee comes a new joint, 
the story of four African-American vets, Paul, Otis, Eddie, and Melvin, who returned to Vietnam searching for the remains of their fallen squad leader, Norman, and the promise of buried treasures. The heroes are joined by Paul's concerned son, or enforced, the battle forces of man and nature, while confronted by the lasting ravages of the immorality of the Vietnam War. The movie is based on a script written by Danny Bilson and Paul DeMeo, rewritten by Kevin Wilmot and Spike Lee himself. The movie starring Delroy Lindo, he has worked before with Spike Lee and Malcolm X, Jonathan Majors, well known from last year's performance in Last Man, Last Black Man in San Francisco, Clark Peters, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., Norm Lewis, which uh, you guys, um, I'm sure you remember him. He was the first black man to play the role of the Phantom in Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. Joined by Chadwick Boseman, well known from Black Panther, Paul Walter Hauser from his great performance last year in Richard Jewell, and Jean Renault from Leon the Professional, the French actor. And guys, in case you're wondering, this is going to be a completely spoiler-free discussion of Spike Lee's latest joint. So no yeah, worries. This movie's fresh. Fresh off the press. No worries about us spoiling anything for you. So first thing I want to start with, often our, 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 our starting topic of conversation, and that is uh, the song we chose to open with, Marvin Gaye's classic, What's Going On, provided the film's musical theme. Spike considered it actually uh, one of the greatest albums ever made. He's quoted saying uh, that Marvin is a saint. He's godlike. That album spoke to us as the record of the time, and I knew the music would help the narrative. There are six songs from this album featured in the film. And you may not notice most of them, as we did. Uh, uh, There are some that really, really shine through. Like the title track, which echoes the theme at the root of this film. And honestly, it did it so well that it, it, it's a powerful demonstration of artistry. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, Shami, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I, I believe uh, Marvin's brother was Viet- was uh, in the Vietnam War. Yeah. And he'd yeah. write to Marvin about his experiences. And it inspired Marvin to compose this album. Um, and it's funny because I love looking into this. Like I love how divided people have been on this song. Like some people consider a song on protest and many others like me, when I, when I started listening to it, think of it fondly as a love song. And then you listen to the lyrics and you just like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is, this is about more. It, and it's funny. Cause like it, it, like it speaks so deeply to the heart of this film and it beautifully echoes the themes that compose it. The, the, the film tackles injustice, brotherhood, survival, shared trauma, mm. and of course, the ramifications of the Vietnam War. First off, it's the first time, uh, first time, it's the first time 
that we get to see a story from this perspective, the African-American perspective in the Vietnam War. It's interesting because we've never heard this story before or this perspective, but African-American soldiers made up nearly a third of all soldiers in the Vietnam War. Yeah, he said in the film, he said that 11% made up, black men made up the population in the U.S., but 30% of the troops over in Vietnam were black men. That number is crazy. (laughs) That's astounding. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. I still cannot imagine, actually, I cannot believe that, like, how after 50 years since the war started and ended, and we never had a movie that portrayed the African-American patriotic actions and their suffering, like they're suffering the whole, the whole trauma, the whole thing, suffering after returning to the homeland with civil rights. They went to defend the country. Like they went there as U.S. citizens, U.S. soldiers. Holding that they having the U.S. name, the United States, and to go back home to have civil rights problem, to be suffering from homelessness, and actually, as, as widely known, like Vietnam vets were horribly mistreated when they came back. People were spitting on them by their fellow, like the fellow Americans, spitting on war soldiers. Even those drafted without a choice were treated this way. The film doesn't directly tackle the subject in depth, but it gives you enough to remind you. The people turned their backs on their vets, as well as the government, like people, government, no no appreciation, mistreatment. People came back from the war broken, struggling to survive alone in in a country, in their own country, that they felt that they are no longer welcomed in. Facing the nightmares of the war, knowing they survived there, like and what, like thinking about their brothers, the brothers that did not survive and they didn't come back. In addition to the struggle they have there, it's a horrible, horrible feeling. And even more so than that, like to put it into perspective, not only were they going to fight a war that they don't get anything out of, but they were doing it for a country that didn't love them or support them. And they were fighting for rights in a foreign country that they did not have themselves while they had to miss out on the war that really mattered to them, which is this war for civil rights. Mm -hmm. Like not that is going to mess you up. Like just, not being a part of the civil rights war, but even more so than that, they're dealing with the trauma of war itself. Absolutely. To the point that like the American association of psychiatrists, like they did not announce that post-traumatic to stress disorder, like the PTSD is is a psychiatric problem till 1980. All these people came back. They are not treated for what they have. Uh, people are treating them so badly. They are not having proper medications, proper um, psychiatric evaluation for what happened. So they were struggling and suffering a lot. And we can see the importance, not only like in coming home, but like being overseas and going through this of like, you don't have your family with you. So 
the people around you are naturally going to become family, which is not even surprising that they call each other brothers. Yeah. Which, which leads us to the title, like the five bloods. Uh, it's, it's a reference to the bond African-American soldiers created while in Vietnam. Uh, they started re- referring to each other as bloods. Uh, and the five bloods in this in the film is a reference to the five of them, their unit, right? They're, they're a unit of five. They're bloods. They're brothers. It's a brotherhood. This is one of the things that I think is depicted the best in the film. I feel like right from the, the get-go. You, it, it, walking into this, I was like, the five. why is it called the five bloods? But very quickly you realize, oh, okay. They're bloods. They, that is what they refer to each other as. Because they have a bond that is root deep, like brothers. And that is how they acknowledge each other. We can disagree. We can be upset with each other. We can argue. But we're blood. We're bloods. We're brothers. Now, guys, I think it's time. I think, I think we got to get into the nitty gritty of this. I think we... we, we we already mentioned the things we love. Right. Let's get into it. The film starts with a, it opens with a collage of photos that pulls us momentarily to the contemporary artistic world of Spike Lee. And actually, it makes it fit neatly into his body of work. The usage of different filmmaking techniques scattered through the entirety of the 156 minutes runtime. That would be crazy. Yes, like, like when I saw the movie, mm, 156 minutes, mm, two hours and 36 minutes. Okay, what do we have? You know, it's, um, but the the way the techniques are scattered everywhere, it it was crazy. Yeah, I I think like we actually like we like we like the themes, we like a lot of that stuff, mm-hmm. but like. Man, at times, this film almost felt like it was directed by different directors. Like, the cinematography and film techniques, like, man, they seem to change so often. Like, guys, and and this is no spoiler. Uh, I I noticed it in the trailer. You might, you probably did too, unless you you decided to skip the trailer. Uh, The film uses, like, for example, three different aspect ratios, right? And and three different camera types, right? It's it's shot... um, Partially on 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 digital, uh, or majority on digital. Then we got uh, partially on on sixteen millimeter film, and and we got super eight as well. Like I don't know about you guys, I've I've been pretty open about this in the past, like, and and I've been very opposed to it in the past. Oh, using, we know. Uh, using different, not only different, like <laughs> to use different cameras is one thing. Uh, I mean, to use different aspect ratios is one thing, which drives me crazy. But different cameras, my goodness. Listen, I understand that you're going, like, for example, as we can tell, like I said in the trailer, like for the older things that they're remembering, like, okay, we're using, we're going to make it grainier. We're going to do that four by three. We're going to make it like a memory. And on top of that, we we're going to make, make it feel like, a, yeah, like a war movie from the 50s and 60s. I get it. I don't think it's a good idea, <laughs> but I get it. I, but genuinely, like I, I, it, I think it takes away from the film much more than it adds. I would agree. And I'm going to tell you guys out there. I'm going to call you guys out. I'm going to keep a sharp eye 
for the people out there that were interacting with us on Twitter, talking about how distracted 1917 was with its with its one shot, you know, the, the, the situation going on. But then if they're going to go saying, oh, none of this bothered me in the five. Not its cuts, not its changes in aspect ratio, not its changes in coloring, not its changes in wipes, swipes, squishes. (laughs) Squishes. You know me, like, uh, especially you, Roland Dez, and like, definitely, I hope some of our listeners will know this about me. You, Raul Des, did you hear that? Is there a third person here? <laughs> you, you, Raul Des, yes. <laughs> Is there somebody else here? Hello? <laughs> I think, Shama, are you about to tell us you love, you, I've heard you, you love when they play with Axe Preparation. Yes, like, not only with I remember, I remember this conversation with the Lighthouse. The Lighthouse, <laughs> yes. Like, that's why I'm saying, like, if people remember what happened with the Lighthouse. But to, to come back here, okay, like, man. I'm always open to the idea of experimenting things differently, okay? But to the point that if it will reach uh, the confusion, not only confusion, if it will distract me, not only distract me, I'm still like patient, but to the point if it makes a filmmaker lose, lose his effort or her effort in something else, I feel... Mm, it's not well uh, positioned. You know, I enjoyed the change of the aspect ratio at the beginning. Like I enjoyed that that you have a technique to separate, to distinct, to to give the distinction between different periods and different times, especially like the four by three. The four by three is more nostalgic for myself. And in the movie here, like we see it, it's how the how the televisions were before our times, you know. So for them to show it this way, for the the handheld camera at the war, it looks like the news cameras from the war. Like when I'm watching documentaries about the wars, about different wars, that's how it was filmed. So it it puts you there. You you were there, you know. Like where you're on the front line with them, you can see sometimes like the extra grainy, the extra greenish, because like the 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 added more of of, of green grains like just like to make it look like the war i can accept it to a certain point but at some point when so much destruction happened especially in crucial crucial moments or breathtaking scenes like i remember in this movie like i stood up in two scenes like i was really standing up because i get so emotional in 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 lots of things you know like um Maybe in 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 Roman in romantic, romantic scenes in in drama in comedy I get so emotional and engaged and attached. So if if you if if a filmmaker took me to a point that I'm fully engaged, but then suddenly distract me by changing anything in the technique, and it distracted me, it didn't do its job. It didn't do its its job. Its intended job, you know. And unfortunately, it happened to me. Like, there was a scene, I'm fully there, and then suddenly, okay, I lost it. Yeah. It's also like, it's not, it's, and man, it's not even just the changing of aspect ratios like other films. It's like, it was like a blatant, like, wanting us to focus on it. Because it didn't even try to like blend it into like a way that you may not catch it. It like called attention every time the aspect ratio changed. 
it called attention to itself. And it was so distracting. And talking about distractions, Chama, how many camera angles do you think they needed, bro? Oh, my God. Man, like, there is a scene or a sequence in a, in, in a hotel room. We have a conversation happening between two characters. It's, a, it's really, like, I enjoyed the dialogue written. Like, and I enjoyed, like, the, the design of the, of the room. And, like, I enjoyed every single aspect of the sequence, of this scene, of every performer in this scene. But we have two people. And there's nothing happening but a conversation between them. Why would we have a three different, like three different angles in a span of 30 seconds? Like yeah. I can, I can see this scene like with a, a pen shot, both of them at the same time, or a close up on the one on the right and one on the left. Why would suddenly in the middle of the conversation, I see a third angle, maybe on the top of the bed in the bedroom and the, in the hotel room wasn't needed. Yeah, I, I understand that like some of the filmmakers, cinematographers would like to add their m- more of artistic touch that I can do this or I can do more. But okay, I but it wasn't ask- it wasn't it wasn't even like like artistic shots or anything like that or creative. Exactly. It was like very like like simple on sticks, you know, like on a tripod, like shot on you, shot on you, and then I'm gonna move it slightly and it's gonna be another shot on and it was like Man, it's crazy because in film school you learn to let things breathe. Yeah, I'm never going to accuse Spike of like not knowing how to direct his actors or anything like that. But but one thing you're taught is just like, hey, if you're worried about a certain performance or about not getting enough, so like just get extra coverage, get another angle, get extra takes, and then you can cut. And so a lot of times, like a lot of people reference Taken, it Taken has so many cuts in the chase sequences and the action sequences, right? And it's just to, like, make that that fighting and that action go by so much faster because you can just cut, 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 cut to all these different... And, like, and so you're able to make moments that, like, maybe if you let it play in a single shot, it may not look as tight. It may not look as, like, exciting and, like, gripping. So we're going to cut a lot. So, like, you learn, and in, in different conversation scenes, you see it a lot in, like, dinner scenes where there's a lot of people around the table. You see a lot of cutting because it's, like, it's kind of odd because there's so many people conversing. You've got to cut a lot to get all that coverage, to get all those moments. But, like you said, that's completely unneeded in this. There's two people having a conversation. Yeah. And Why are we cutting so much? And on top of that, they're both good performers. Being directed by a, a great director. So, like, I, like genuinely, I don't understand why we have, and, and it's not the only scene, many scenes. I don't understand why we have so many angles of conversations, of just conversations. Exactly. And not the distraction here, not only uh, happening by, by, by these angles, but something else that, like, uh, was brought to my attention, like, now... Some of the scenes or some of the side stories we are mentioning um, from from real documentaries or real footage or pictures of certain actions that happened during the war and we are shedding the light on, we we can see like the, the transition happening between people talking 
to a picture uh, suddenly on the screen while the people are still talking was for me was distracting. So like I, I the, the very first scene of the movie, like seeing Muhammad Ali talking about something, it's a video. And while you, it transitions to some people talking after that, it, it was really well executed. But then when you the pictures suddenly appear on the screen while you hear the same actors talking, uh, was it distracting for you? Like, did you feel that it, this was distracting? Uh, of course. Like, I didn't think you would find it distracting because I, I feel like you love this kind of stuff. And I no, love yeah. I, I know if it was like smoothly like uh, <laughs> moving, like not suddenly put on the screen. Maybe he he intended the usage of like the sudden shock to like oh pay attention to what's going on like these brutal the real images and pictures uh, was really like heavy and strong but I, if it went like smoothly it would have been better for me like um, you having gr- gr- like the, the, the performance having great actors like the cast like the the entire cast as you said like we have good performance so having different angles would have taken from them while they, they have already put in. You have a great cast, like a cast of familiar faces, familiar faces from theater, TV, and cinema. They all added depth to the critical subject here in, in, in the film we have, you know. Like, they are joined by some of the strong talents um, from the new generation, like groundbreaking actors like Chadwick Boseman, like Black Panther, you know, uh, Jonathan Majors, like uh, he, everybody was talking about him last year for his great performance, his different performance in the last Black Man in San Francisco. Different, yeah. To the point that, like, when I was watching this movie at the beginning, I said, like, oh, I'm not taking him seriously at the very first second. Then suddenly it changed because, like, he he's he showed great performance. That, like, oh, he took me away from. I'm not thinking of him as the last Black Man in San Francisco. For me, he's this David. He's a different guy. Yeah. Uh, Paul Walter Hauser, like great job he did in Richard Jewell. So all these people, like between uh, a generation, two different generations, they directed by a great talented director with a different, with a, with a with a unique eye. You know, it created a a good harmony. But some of the scenes could have been performed in a different way, like especially a sequence um, where one of the characters breaks the fourth wall. Like he he was giving a monologue, literally summarizing the entire Vietnam War, his life, and black lives in America. Like since colonization, like literally like in the whole monologue. Though I found it a, a bit long, I think definitely it was powerful. It was intriguing. It was attracting. But... Um, it was. It showed like what the themes that we're talking that that we pointed out earlier, but it distracted me. Even if it distracted me for for five percent, it's still a distraction that wasn't needed. And this scene was cut to another people talking a different scene, and then we we went back to the same actor and the same character again, breaking the fourth wall in a little bit uh, not that not not closer angle like the one before. But it, it was still like distracting. And I believe that the second one wasn't needed at all. I could have been taken from a different angle. Honestly, bro. I didn't find any of the performances to be particularly stand out. So, I mean, if I had to pick one person, I, I'm with you. Jonathan Majors. Like, I went into this, like, 
he's such a character in uh in Last Black Man that like you, I was just like, oh, what am I gonna get from him here? Um, and he surprised me. But everyone else, and, and they're all very recognizable actors. They did their thing, you know. But like nothing stand out. Much like the cinematography, I, I, I just, I just, I just found a lot of the performances confusing. Like, like some scenes, it, it, some scenes felt like soap operas. Like it was like this weird, like with the, oh gosh, oh we're gonna get to this with like the weird music in the background and like, like, like very odd lines. It just didn't feel like they belonged. And then all of a sudden we'd go to like a scene that felt straight out of Bad Boys, like a hangout scene, and then we'd like uh, have like a experimental scene. Like it, oh, man, it, it it just felt so all over the place. And I guess I guess that's a good point to move forward because talk about something else that felt all over the place. Shama, that score though, man! Oh my god! I'm <laughs> like honestly, to, at the beginning, I thought my phone is playing music on the side, like something is playing in the background. Yeah, I thought that you had surround sound on. And you had the background speaker closer to my ear, and the dialogue speaker was across the room. Yeah, it was crazy. It, it was really crazy, like to the point that like I, we we have five point one, like the surround sound, so everything was in its perfect place, you know. But the point, the the problem is, I don't want to call it problem, but it, it it was a problem because it it distracted me, it took me away, so it's a problem for me. The tone was shifting up and down. Quick and slow, loud and quiet. There were really times that I would feel like I'm watching uh, Indiana Jones, you know, or, or a romantic drama, you know, adventurous music, really like to the point that like, oh my God, why in a scene that somebody's sh- like showing like, without spoilers, you know, like regret or sorrow or something when I hear like adventurous music like I I just like felt that like I would see like a flight coming down to to pick somebody from the middle of the water you know like it's adventurous like jungle cruise you know like uh, I remember I was saying in the middle is this jungle cruise or something you know music playing in the background of scenes that really it didn't need like the birds chirping or sounds of cricket or like Yeah, it made me wonder, like, what kind of emotion are they trying to evoke in me? Like, that it feels like the characters are somber. It feels like the characters are in a, like, a deep, like, drama-esque mood. But like you said, Shama, the music is very adventurous. It's very, um, Indiana Jones is a great way to describe it. And it just like I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. I don't know what's coming if I'm supposed to be expecting sorrow. If I'm if I'm supposed to be expecting like the great adventure of like when they are going to find something, and it just left me feeling confused. Which is confusing because <laughs> we've heard Terrence Blanchard scores before, and we've liked them. I mean. He just got nominated for Black Klansman. Which you, it was great. Like, it was well yeah. placed. You know, like, I remember that scene in the basement, like, 
everything was like music and loud and upstairs and then suddenly silence and it's well placed. I believe here, I'm not saying anything about Terence, of course, like he's, he's a great composer. <laughs> and, uh, but my point is that like it didn't suit me at these certain scenes. On the other side, like some some scenes with the, their, their, their music lines fully placed that like, yeah, it triggered my emotions, but like mostly, unfortunately, it was more of a distract for myself that I really wanted to to separate the uh, dialogue from music completely. I just like feel that the outtakes or like the things that we mentioned that were distracting, of course, didn't take from the great message of the movie, which is really needed at this time. But part of the 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 job of the director, like he's like the admiral of the fleet, you know, he's sailing the ship. So it's his part to to control it, you know, like to control things, like pacing, um, cutting more, like direction. Di- directions, it's directions. How to direct it? Exactly. Like these angles could have been taken away. This music could have been like maybe it can be in the background, but in, in a lower tone. Like I believe, like I have a problem with this with the sound mixing here, like the sound editing and the sound mixing. Could have been the problem that like were were, were give, induced that anxiety for me. Of course, in in, in addition to some anxiety <laughs> induced anxious and anxiety induced inducing moments, you know, because they were really well executed. Like I'm not, we are not saying here that like that's the whole movie. No, we have two hours and thirty six minutes of filmmaking, you know, and these points that 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 that, that stood out doesn't take from that or don't take from the entirety. Of uh, of great effort in filmmaking, but sailing the ship overall was my concern for because we could have cut more. So let's talk about. Would you, do you say the admiral? I, I, I refer to him as a captain. Admiral of the fleet, you know, like he's that he's uh-huh. admiral of the fleet. Okay, Shaman knows stuff. He knows stuff. I don't know stuff. He knows more than me. All right. So you know. All right. So direction. And I wanna I wanna put that together with the editing right now because one thing I know about Spike Lee is that he is somebody that is known to trust his collaborators greatly, right? He he, he especially people he collaborates with regularly, he tends to give them freedom to create. This is, for example, like particularly true with somebody like Terrence, right? Who he's who's he's worked with before several times. Um, but Adam Goff. The editor. He hasn't worked with before. So I don't imagine that he's given the same liberty that he's given somebody like Terrence. But like, it's frustrating. Because. uh, Let me give you, let me paint a picture for you. Imagine you're seeing, you're watching something, you're watching a movie, we're seeing an angle, and we see two people on their way, they are going to hug each other, they come in, they lock arms, they fully embrace each other, right? Chests are touching, arms are fully wrapped, we're squeezing, and then all of a sudden we cut to a different angle, and they are still in motion to hug each other. Like, like Like when we cut, we went back three seconds. I cannot imagine that like Spike Lee from seeing like the cuts of this movie like several times didn't catch this or maybe it's intentionally left 
well, that's what I was trying to give. That's what I was trying to think about. Like, maybe okay. Let's see. Maybe it's intention, but like, I I cannot think of a purpose. Like, it adds nothing to the narrative. I cannot spin it any way that makes any sense. And and again, I like I, like we've mentioned, like Spike is an experienced and talented director. We know this. This is nothing we have to say. And we know that he likes to play with different styles. We like he likes to push the envelope. But there is nothing in my mind that I can find a way to spin that. Spin the, the like the weird, weird, weird things that happen in editing in this film. That like it just makes me they they just seem like an oversight. Like I I can't I just can't spin them any other way. And if Listen, I'll, I'll keep it real with you. I think the themes of this film, like, they're, they're hitting on, on, on a bunch of different levels, okay? And I think he gets a lot of the points across really well. But then he misses on, on, on a lot of other ones. If I'm being honest, I mean, if I'm being honest, like, Spike movies are not my cup of tea. Okay, they don't tend to be. That doesn't mean that the like. That doesn't mean that they won't be yours. It if you love like the mosh posh style that we experienced in some of his older movies, like like Bamboozled, right? Then you're gonna like this. I prefer Black Klansman. I prefer Inside Man, right? Which is like basically a completely different Spike Lee joint. Yes, like. Despite having like different joints from Spike Lee, like you know, I understand your point like of of, of Inside Man and Black Klansman. I now relate more to them, you know, to both of them, more than um, um, Bamboozled or more than um, this uh, movie. But here, like we, we, like I can see the effort uh, he exerted. In, in, in pre-production, like, and even the way, like, it was his first time to film a movie out of the U.S. Like, he was filming in Thailand, in Vietnam, like, and his ins- he insisted on using, like, local uh, crew, local local cast, in addition to his cast from the U.S. And, like, I said, like, oh, I'm not going there with the American imperialism just, like, to, um, with my resources. No, we, we, we would use this because your ancestors created this and the temples. So, all these things are appreciated, like having like choosing Chadwick Boseman and like two of his uncles that like, were in the Vietnam War, like all these things, like small, tiny things they put together to give real time feeling for um, for a, a great message he's, he's conveying, which fits perfectly to to this time. Yeah, yeah, he, t- he definitely tackles some serious messages. It's crazy to think that this was shot before all of this civil unrest started, right? Before the murder of George Floyd. Yeah, yeah. And yet it, it's incredibly relevant to the current climate, which is it, it's one of the things that I, 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 I rocked me the most watching it. It couldn't be more relevant right now. And there's a quote towards the end of the film that, like, I absolutely loved. And it's... uh. We can learn 
And we can learn from history if we wake up. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Sometimes we need we need the push to wake up, to understand, to, to know what's happening, to help, to be there for each other. But sometimes we need to wake up even if we are uh, the victim. Even if we need to wake up to show ourselves. We need to wake up. No, let's let's tell everyone around us we are here. You don't. You think we are asleep and we don't, we're not paying attention to to what you think of us or what you you are doing for us. No, we are gonna wake up and we're gonna stand and we're gonna be there for each other and we're gonna fight for our rights. Our rights, same like your rights, but it has been have been taken from from us for all this time. Well, it's it's interesting because I think I think that can mean that can be for anybody. Exactly. We have a character in this movie that rocks a MAGA hat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? No way. There's an acronym for it. MAGA. Make America great again. I did not know that there was an act like people say uh, mag ma- what is it? MAGA? MAGA, yeah. And they know what that means? Uh-huh. Oh my god. So anyway, this and 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 it's it's a black character. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a MAGA hat, and it like and it's like it's it's an interesting. It, it it's crazy the depth it adds to to his character, and the conflict it creates, which is humane. Like which is really like it 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 it, it made me feel yeah I can see this happening. Mm-hmm. I can see like someone that like uh, can do, and it pushes. It pushes further the idea of the title, which we talked about earlier, which is even through conflict, even through disagreement, right? They're bloods, right? Yes. Because again, like this movie, it, it's tackling so, so, so many things. But the title references what? The Brotherhood. Right, the unit. So, guys, let's go ahead and get into them report cards. Des, what you got for me? I give it a six point five. Shama, where are you at? Um, um, I'm I'm at six point five as well. Like, I'm sorry, I'm at a six. So, the cumulative M report card is a six point three. Watch this movie, guys. It's on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. Content. So everybody got it. Every, everybody got the. And if you don't got it, your mom's got it. Mom's if they got don't it, got it, grandma's grandma got, got it. it. If they don't got it, the person you were rooming with last year's got it. Just hit them up and you can watch it. You can even use your mother in law's account uh, and you can watch it there. No, well, that, but, but that's we, only if you've got good vibes with mother in law. Well, well, we strongly encourage you just get your own account too. <laughs> All right. And get your family you, account. And then, listen, Cardi B don't even have her own account. (laughs) You get your own account, and then you can share with with whoever you want. Really, really watch it. Like gather your your neighbor, your old friend, like your your uncle, like if you know somebody from the Vietnam War, like they 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 will remember uh, their unity. They will remember their brotherhood. That that's a great idea. That would mean a lot to somebody. I think absolutely. Yeah. Maybe I don't know, Spike Lee. Spike Lee played it for a lot of Vietnam vets, and they loved it. Awesome! This is great. Like maybe 
maybe they will find their normal. They will find uh, themselves. They will remember what, what happened. They will remember their unity, their blood. Like the movie speaks on some powerful topics that would bring about thoughts and good conversation and good time. And I will show that we are there for each other. We are here for each other. Yeah, regardless of, regardless of the issues that we may have may have described with the film, definitely, definitely worth a watch. And like Shama said, definitely uh, should bring about a lot of great thought, great conversation. And don't forget, guys, that's dropping this Friday, June 12th on Netflix. Everyone, make sure you get us on all socials at mreportpod. You can like, subscribe, comment, share, leave us a review. You can find me at Mohammed Shama on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Ezerphoto, E-Z-E-R. And you can find your boy at mreportpod, also on Twitter and Insta. Be part of the show. If you have a report, let us know. This is yours, Minorities Report. Peace.